uh, good evening. Um, we're talking about uh, community and the value of community tonight and, and what that looks like. So basically we're spending the next, uh, just kind of a few weeks, uh, kind of processing through what does it mean to be uh, a part of Grace City? How do you kind of fully uh, really involve yourself in Grace City? What does it look like to, to spiritually grow here and connect um, and connect with others? So tonight we're talking about, uh, tonight we're talking about groups. And so uh, I, I was thinking about this, um, have you ever noticed like on, uh, like on Survivor shows, uh, sometimes like in the woods, not The Bachelor, but like real Survivor shows. Uh, have you ever noticed like uh, in the beginning of the, the Survival shows, there's this kind of high emphasis on uh, physical endurance. And so you're going to kind of figure out like, uh, but whatever they, you know, whatever they, they various kind of tasks they give them. Uh, the, 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 the people that seem to kind of get further are the ones who um, you, you would at least think have the kind of physical stamina to, to kind of make it through. And so it becomes more and more evident the more that it kind of processes kind of uh, journeys through the show, the further that you get into the show, it, it kind of transitions. And it really works that way from the beginning, but it's not quite as obvious. Uh, but it transitions from kind of like a a strength kind of feat type of ability uh, and capacity and, and almost morphs into more into like who's the mentally, who mentally is the strongest. Like it, get, it gets all the way, you know, so, so if, you, if you start in the beginning of the show, you know, everyone's kind of normal uh, for the most part and then it transitions, right? And so people are getting moved off the show and all that kind of things are happening. Uh, and then you get to the last two people, right? And they're, they're a bit crazy, by the time they get to the, the last kind of episode ride, and so all the, the, the shots kind of panning on them, and they're like, they look a little wild, and they're kind of talking to themselves, right? And so they, they you know, they're isolated, and so now they're, they're no longer working in teams, but they're uh, working in these kind of silo uh, alone time. And, and really, essentially, the, the winner really becomes the one uh, who has the mental capacity to handle what? To handle the isolation. But because there, there's something about, there's something about isolation that, that does something in people. That, that the show just kind of rises, it just rises to the surface when you're, you're watching this and going, oh wow, they, they won because they could, they could best handle the isolation the most. There's something about um, our, our need and desire for closeness and community with others that is directly tied to, um, I, I would say directly tied to our emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Like, like it's actually, God is calling us into deeper levels of community with one another. We, we see this all throughout the Bible. We're going to see it tonight. Uh, but but it, it's a very kind of well-known uh, fact, even outside of Scripture, that the, the more kind of the richer, more robust community that you have, the healthier, uh, longer, uh, more vibrant life you, you tend to lead. I, I was uh, reading an article in the, the, New, the New York Times, and um, it, it actually said that people who have strong uh, social ties with others, uh, their, their longevity of life is, is longer so say if you, if, you, um, if you have someone that has strong social ties, but they, um, they smoke, they're, they're overweight, um, right? they, they have a, a, tend to have an unhealthy lifestyle physically and those types of things. Um, this, this study showed that those individuals that lived that way, that had close social ties with others, had a longer lasting, more vibrant life than those who were healthier, 
um, that didn't, didn't, uh, didn't smoke, exercise regularly, didn't eat Cheetos, right? You know what I'm saying? Like this type of person that none of us like. Um, that, that type of person without social ties, that this person actually um, had, a, had a longer life than the person that, that lived rightly in, in a lot of ways but missed the social ties that were necessary. And so community, so, so kind of like what we see in the reality that we know is, is that our, our, our health in, in all spectrums of our life is directly connected to the, the type of closeness and intimacy um, that, we, uh, that we have with others. And so we're going to talk about this tonight. Uh, and so if you, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3 um, is where we're going to be at in, in Colossians Chapter three, we're going to start in verse. We're going to start in verse twelve, and then we'll get back to verse five for a bit. But we're going to just kind of, um, uh, we're just going to kind of process this out uh, a bit. This this idea of um, what does it mean to to live in a way that's this really really healthy and vibrant. Um, and so let's look at twelve through. We're going to be in twelve through seventeen, and just kind of see. This is what um, this is what the Bible would say. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Colossians, wrote to the church at Colossae, is going to say to them about what does it mean to have uh, strong relational ties. And essentially, he's saying, what does it mean to be a, a healthy follower of Christ? And then he's going to give us some things here. And so let me pray, and then we'll we'll dive in into Colossians three, uh, verse twelve. God, thank you, um, thank you that you that you speak to us. God, that you have something to say to us, uh, that you've not, you've not left us to guess, um, to guess what you think uh, and how you operate, God, but you've given us you know, your word as a means to understand you. And so we just pray tonight, God, that you would, um, that you would speak to us uh, in, a, in a real tangible way, in a real practical way, God, that through your word, uh, we would understand what it, what it means to, um, to not live a life of isolation, but to live a a, a true, genuine life that, that's open to community, that is pursuing deep relationships with others, God, uh, would you help us, that, that would be characteristic of who we are. And so we pray all these things in Christ's name, amen. So in Colossians 3, um, uh, Paul is actually talking about uh, what does it mean to have a new life in Christ, and then he's going to describe what it means to have a new life in Christ uh, in various ways. And so let's get to uh, Colossians 3, verse 12. And, and we'll talk for a bit, but then we'll get back up to, to five. So he says this. He says, uh, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Okay, so those are the descriptors of who we are, is that, that we're chosen, we're holy, and we're dearly loved. And then he's going to say, if that's who you are, if you identify yourself as a follower of Christ, then this is how you are to live. He says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, uh, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another, uh, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also are to uh, forgive. Verse 14, above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And he says, and let the peace of Christ, uh, to which you are also called, into what? Into one body, uh, rule your hearts and be thankful. And then he's going he's gonna to move on. So uh, I want you to look at how, um, how much Paul connects your spiritual growth and your spiritual reality with the way that you operate with others. Because that's what, that's what he's going to do. Because he doesn't say here, um, if anyone's in Christ, you know, he's a new creation, so go have a great Bible study. Go have a great quiet time. 
uh, go, go uh, pray and fast, go, uh, go and meditate, right? Now, those are, those are really valuable things, things that we call habits here that, that all Christians should be practicing, but that's not what he's saying here. He's not going to say, put off these old things that we'll look at in a second and go pray really hard and read lots of commentaries and understand deep kind of theological things. Even those things aren't wrong, that's not what he says. He says what? He says, if you're in Christ, he says, be, be gentle, be patient, um, be kind and compassionate. You don't do these things in isolation. You're not kind to yourself, right? These aren't, it's like you're showing compassion to yourself. I mean, I guess you could, right? Or, or right? I mean, he, he says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Uh, and, then he, and then he continues on in verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ, um, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom and then what he says uh, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing to God with gratitude in your hearts now uh, Paul's not saying the Christian life is a musical uh, although I think that would be awesome uh, that, that's not what he's, you know, he's not communicating like, we're, we're going to say, how are you today? You know, I am very fine. That's not what he's not, you know, he's not saying those types of things. What, what he's saying is, he's saying be passionate, kind, gracious, gentle towards one another, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. And he's saying, hey, your speech, the way that you talk uh, amongst one another should, should look very, very close to um, how we see the spiritual songs play out, how we see the Psalms play out with, with a, a heart of gratitude towards God, with, with honesty and, and with vulnerability towards one another. And he's saying, this is, if you're putting on Christ, this is the type of, um, this is the type of behavior that you, should be, um, that you should be exhibiting. He says, singing songs to God with gratitude in your hearts. Verse 17, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, um, giving thanks to God uh, the Father. And so the reality, the, the reality for us is those who are trying to live in the way of Jesus is that you cannot, um, and we say this over and over again, and it's just such a reality, but you cannot live the way of Jesus in isolation. You can't. Now, there's a way to be, and we'll talk about it, there's a way in which we can be in community and not really be in community. I mean, your level of transparency and vulnerability with the people that you put yourself in closeness with um, is up to you. So when I talk about not, when I say living in the way of Jesus, is, is, it can't be done in isolation. I'm talking about a much kind of richer, deeper type of living the way of Jesus with other people than just kind of having surface level type of conversations and relationships with others. And, and, but he says, man, this, this is, Paul is saying here in Colossians 3, this is the way of Jesus. This is, how, how, do, how do we know if, if someone's been saved by Jesus? How do we know if, if they're in relationship with God? How do we know that? Well, they're, they're patient and gentle and compassionate, right? And they're forgiving one another and bearing with one another. It's the, how we're responding to our relational ties. This is how we know we're living the way of Jesus. Now, why, how, how do we know that this is going to be a, a difficult thing, right? Because what we're going to say tonight, what I'm going to implore you tonight is I'm going to say to you, hey, you um, need to be in close proximity to others. One of the ways that we do that here at Grace City is we have something called House Church. Uh, house Church is basically uh, our small group. And so all throughout the week, 
um, on various days and at various times, people are, are getting together and they're, they're talking about the word. Uh, the, the best way I know how to say it is it's 80% uh, heart and 20% head. And so we're caring for one another, loving one another, or having food, doing whatever uh, with one another, and we're, we're studying the word and building these kind of strong relational ties. And so I'm going to call you to that tonight and say, hey, you need that. If you're not in that, that you, like you need that. But the reality is that that's a difficult thing. Why do we need that? Well, kick back to Colossians 3. Look at verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. So before he gets into, if you're living the way of Jesus, live this way, he's going to say, this is what your former life looked like. So this is what he says. He says, therefore, um, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. So he's going to say, this is our earthly nature to live this way. The way he's going to describe it is like, this is, this, is, this is like at our core, this is who we are. So he says, therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Verse 6, uh, because of these, the, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And he says, uh, and you once walked in these things uh, when you were living in them. So he's saying, when you were living in these, you were walking in these things. Now he's going he's gonna to list out some more things. Uh, verse 8, so, um, but there's a conjunction. So he says, that's not who you are, but now put away all the following. Now look at the characteristics of our earthly nature, what we by default tend to um, act out of. He says, put away all the following anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. And do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and you have put on the new self. Now, did you, do you see what, did you see what happens there with Paul? So Paul's saying, if you're in a, if you're a follower of Christ, um, it is necessary, if you're living in the way of Jesus, it is necessary to have strong relational ties. The way in which you'll have strong relational ties You'll be gentle, patient, compassionate with one another, forgiving and bearing with one another, having song, uh, singing songs and, and hymns to one another and caring for one another. And then he says, but the opposite of following the way of Jesus, what tends to come natural to you, all of the things that he describes, uh, all the things that, that he says here, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language, what are those? They're, they're destroyers of community. They're destroyers of, of creating a sense of belonging among one another. That's what they are. I mean, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language. That isn't, that's not, that isn't build, create strong relational ties among people. It doesn't do that. And, and, then, he, and then he kind of ante's up in, in verse 9 and says, uh, do not, because this is how we know he's talking about your, your relational ties with it. He says, uh, and do not lie to one another. Since you put off the old self with its practices, which is lying to one another, and put on the new self. And so he says, if you're living in the way of Jesus, what it means to really, truly, genuinely live in the way of Jesus is to live in community, not live in isolation. And so we're not supposed to, uh, we're not supposed to do these things. But, but the reality is, this is, uh, man, our earthly nature is a destroyer of the type of community that God wants to call us to. It just is. I mean, anger, wrath, malice. Like, it, it, it is a, like inside of us, for whatever reason, because of our, our past and what we've experienced and just what comes natural for our personality, there's just something inside of us that, that, that beats on and harps against being close with one another. Something scary about that. And it's really scary when you put it inside the church and then God calls you to live this way and you're like, oh, no. 
Uh, D.A. Carson, um, I, I love this quote. This is what he says about the church. And this is why, this is why all of this is, uh, is such a difficult thing. He says this. He says, the church is made up of natural enemies. He says, what binds us together is not common education, common race, common income levels, common politics, common nationality, common accents, common jobs, or anything, or anything, self of, that, or anything of that sort. Uh, Christians come together. Why? Because they've all been saved by Jesus Christ. They are a, ba- a band of natural enemies who love one another for Jesus' sake. So he says, like, he says, man, at our core, we're just a band of, of natural enemies who God has brought together for the, for the sake of, um, for the, for the sake of, of Jesus. And, and, and ultimately what, what he's saying here uh, is that when we, when we do this right, and this is why it's so important that we pursue community and closeness with one another and vulnerability with one another, uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm calling you tonight is something I want as a church, um, I want us to practice what I call relational generosity. That, that's what I want us to practice as a church is relational generosity. We're, we're, we're just like, there's just a sense in which we're like, no, no, I've, I, I want to be, I want to be, be close with one another. I want to be in community with others. So I'm going to be out of a generous, like out of a, just a generous spirit. I'm going to give you my time and, and my attention and, and whatever resources I can, right? Not, not to an unhealthy, you know, uh, some of you need to pull back, right? But some of you, a lot of it, for the most part, a lot of us really need to lean into that and begin to practice relational generosity because what happens is when we practice relational generosity, God gets the glory for that. Like he, he, ultimately we can say to the world, like, yeah, we're doing this and I'm, I'm pursuing it. And we said this last week, we, we said like, man, especially in Boston, uh, when you say, uh, when you're like, hey, I gotta go because I'm going to church tonight, um, Boston's one of the least uh, church places in the U.S. We looked at that study last week. That, that is a marker for saying, I'm, I'm living the way of Jesus. So I, I, I value that, right? It, the same is true when you're like, Oh, you know, who are these guys? Oh, these are, the, these are guys that I do life with. They're in, in my house church. We meet with every week. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, so what, is that? what is that? You know, it's like, well, it just is kind of what we do. Even the, own, like the house church that I'm a part of, uh, all of us vastly different people. Uh, different backgrounds, uh, come from different places, um, just, just all over the map. And, and who, get, who gets the credit for that? God does. Like God gets credit. Now we get benefits of leaning into that type of community when we were involved in that. We'll look at that in a second. But like ultimately, God gets the glory for that. But we get to reap all types of um, all types of various benefits. And so I want to call us to uh, relational uh, relational generosity because ultimately God will get the glory, and it points to it. Ultimately, points to, to Jesus. Uh, Paul in Ephesians two, uh, verse thirteen and fourteen. Um, he, he says this. So what did Jesus do for us? He says, but now in Jesus Christ, you who are far away have been what? Have been brought near by the blood of Jesus uh, for he is our, what? He is our peace. And what has he done? Uh, he's our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. And so Jesus gives us a way and ability to be in closeness and community uh, with uh, with one another. Francis Schaeffer says this. It says, um, our relationship with each other uh, is the criteria the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. A Christian community is the final apologetic. 
I think he's right on there uh, when he's saying that. So, okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about um, why community is viable, why should, you should kind of go after these things. Uh, and, and I love the videos that we do because honestly, um, uh, even last week, it's like, I don't, I, maybe I should just not get up and speak, right? They just communicate so well. And, and Hannah uh, really communicated a lot of that, uh, the, the benefits of what she's receiving um, uh, by being in a, in a house church. But just a few, few things here that I wrote in my notes. Um, what's the value in, in being in what we call house church or, or small, small group? Um, in, in that, you receive a, a vast range of experience and input. So on a Sunday night, you, you, you hear from, from one person, right? You hear from me. And, and you're hearing from my experience, my input, my, my understanding um, of, of the word. Uh, and, and there's value in that. But, but when, you get, when you get in a setting with five to six and seven other people, you're, you're, kind, of, you're kind of beginning to hear the experience of a, of a lot of other people and, and input with a lot of other people. This is a, um, this is a radically different thought but because for the most part, uh, we live socially uh, in, a, in an echo chamber for, for the most part. I mean, it, it's almost as if um, uh, the, best, the best illustration that I've heard is uh, in a lot of ways our social media um, our social media that, that we're a part of and that we follow and, and these types of things. It's like everybody at the beginning of the day gets their own separate, uh, their own separate newspaper with their, their own separate reality that's bent towards what they want. Is that not true? I was, I was like, that is so true. It's like everybody's getting their own separate newspaper with their own separate reality come from their own separate tribe. And, and, and we live in a day and time in which, man, you can be in such an echo chamber where you're, you're just hearing everything that, that you've always believed to be true from people who've always believed the same thing that you've believed. And so what happens is when we get in these kind of close relational communities, we begin to hear the input and the experience of, a, of vastly, uh, people from vastly different ways. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, Scripture speaks to people in different ways. Uh, so, so I, I mean, it says all the same things, but it, it speaks towards um, others in ways that's different than sometimes it speaks to me. And so we can get in that setting back. Oh, yeah, I didn't get it. Now, sometimes uh, it's, you know, it's wrong. Uh, and so there's a bit of like, you know, work through, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't think that means that, you know, but, but that's, that's okay for that. Um, but, but there's, there's a sense in which it speaks and you get to hear, okay, okay, I'm hearing that. I wouldn't have seen that. I wouldn't have picked up on that. And so there's a, there's a ton of value for that. Um, number three, and I, this is just so true. Um, I, I implore you to, to be in community, in, in real genuine community with others. Because the reality is when, when life happens, you're going to need those people. And what I mean by life happens is uh, trouble will find you. Uh, and it'll happen. And you will have access to uh, people who care about you and who love you. And who can come alongside of you and genuinely take care of you. And in a city like Boston, that's a really valuable thing. It's a, it's a very, uh, in a lot of ways, a very rare thing to be able to have. But the type of relational ties that can be created, if we're doing, again, if we're doing it the right way and if you're rightly opening yourself up, um, gives you the type of relationships where when, when life happens and things happen, there's someone there in, uh, in close proximity. Uh, and then the, four, the fourth thing is, is, is I, I just, you get to experience what I call communal celebration. And so you get to, 
you get to be with others and go, oh, dude, you were trying to get that job. Dude, that's awesome. Like, I, I mean, we've been praying for that. Or, you know, I know that you've, you've been praying for your friend or your brother or your sister or your parent to, to, that they would come to know Christ, so they would know his love. And, and that's happened. And like, we get, to, we get to celebrate that in a much smaller kind of setting together. And it's something that we've been praying for and asking for. And, and so even, even in, the, in the house church that I'm in, it's like, okay, let's begin to think through um, let, let's all of us, every week that we come together, let's pray for just one person that, that we want to see come to know Christ. Let's do that together. And, and so all of us in this, this room together are kind of echoing out, yeah, I want, I want that brother to know Jesus. I want, I want him. I want him. I want her. I want whoever that is. And, and let's begin to pray for them, right? And, and praying towards the day where we can celebrate together as a, as a group. That, man, we were, we've, been, we've been praying for that dude. It's an incredible thing now that he knows. And so you get to experience a type of, um, a type of communal uh, celebration with others that, that otherwise would be hard to do if you just simply kind of live in isolation, um, in isolation with others. Okay, why, why is? So let, let's get into a little bit. And I want to flesh out a little bit here. Um, because the reality is uh, a lot of us, myself included, um, don't necessarily pursue the type of real genuine community that we should. Uh, we just don't. And, uh, and so why is that? So here's a few things that are just true uh, about community um, that, that I've just found to be true in my own personal life and, and talking with people. Uh, first thing, number one, uh, when, when you're in community, uh, it, it will hurt you. Like you will get hurt. I mean, there is a certain sense of vulnerability and risk that comes with opening yourself up to other people. I mean, that's just reality. I mean, to be in community with others means people are involved, right? And if people are involved, that includes you and me. And if people are involved, that means trouble. You know? Uh, living, uh, being in a house church by yourself would be a lot easier. You know? Because you can only be mad at yourself, right? You, if you say something stupid, you're going to forgive yourself. You know? It's much harder with someone else. Yeah. Like, it's much harder when someone else says something stupid that hurts you to forgive them, right? And to bear with them. That's a, that's a difficult thing. But, but that's the reality, is that, that it, it, it will hurt you. Any, anything, uh, anything of value uh, re- requires risk. Any type of intimacy that, that you're going to build w- with someone re- requires the potential, uh, is, is the potential that, that you're going to, that you're going to get hurt. So, so it's for me, and I'll say sorry, for me it's not just about proximity, but it's about intimacy. So proximity is just being in a, group, in a house church. You're just there. That, that's great. But, but I'm talking not proximity, I'm talking intimacy. And, and intimacy requires the type of vulnerability that you're willing to put yourself out there that's difficult, right? But, but I, would, I would say to you, if you're going to experience the type of love that is life-giving, you have to be willing to do that. You, you can't be in relationship with people if, if they never mess up, you know? That would be like... Um, that would be like me sitting my, uh, my eight-year-old down and saying to her, baby, I will be, let's make a deal. I'll be in relationship with you as long as you don't hurt me. You know? That would last 30 seconds. You know? Like our relationship would be over. 30 seconds. I mean, it would be, it'd be done. You know? <laughs> if I like had said, I'm like, don't cry, baby. You know? But it's over. You know? That, that's like, that would be our our. But that's not true. Like my, the love and affection that I 
have for her and the depth of love that I feel towards her comes with a, a great amount of risk. You know, that I'm, I'm vulnerable with her and, and, and I care for her. And, and so we, we have to be willing and to understand like, man, this, there's, a, there's a very uh, real potential that I could be hurt. Uh, Paul says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, verse 8, uh, he says, we cared so much. I love this version of the church. He says, we cared so much for you uh, that we were pleased not just to, to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our lives because you had become so dear to us. So he's like, man, we didn't just share the gospel. So we weren't just sharing information with you, but we were sharing our life with you. We, we weren't just trying to get you to adhere to a certain set of beliefs, uh, doctrinal beliefs and truths and confessionals. And it wasn't, Paul didn't come in and go, just follow these things and all this stuff will line up. We want to make sure that you're, you know, orthodox and you got this stuff. He's like, no, no, no. We, we did not only just share the gospel, we shared our lives. So you know me. I'm, I'm willing to risk that. But, but, but the reality is, man, that, that there's a real strong potential uh, for hurt because we kind of all bring in uh, kind of our understanding of community and, and what that looks like and how we see that fleshing out. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian, uh, he says this. Uh, he says, those who love uh, their dream of a Christian community, right? So, so uh, Bonhoeffer lived in like a, lived in like a men's uh, he wrote Life Together, which is a book on community, but he, he lived in like a men's uh, like camp school, theology school type situation. And so, so he knew, like he understood the, the depth and the difficulty of living in close proximity uh, w- with one another. And so he wrote this incredible book. But listen to this quote what he said about uh, community. He says, those who love their dream of a Christian community uh, more than they love the Christian community itself become the destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest, and sacrificial. Now, what he's saying is that those who, who step into with a desire for Christian community, um, uh, with, a, with a, a, a look that says, this is what Christian community looks like. This is how it should operate. This is, this is the ideal. What does he say about that person? That person becomes the what? The life giver? You know, the one that's like, no, 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 this isn't going how we thought. You know, this is not, no, 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 no. He goes, no, no, He becomes the destroyer of the group. Because he, he's going after, like, he has this picture in his mind. And, and so we've, we've got to be willing to, we've got to be willing to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm willing to open myself up to the potential of hurt. Second thing that it does, so, so it hurts. Uh, second thing it does, it exposes us. So, um, you ever notice how the people that you're closest to tend to be the ones that you're, you're like the meanest to? Do you know? What I mean? um, you know? So like, uh, <laughs> so you're like, not me. It's my best friend. No, I, it's true. It like, you know, I'm so my wife and, and children uh, by far get the worst of me. That's 100% true. I mean, they just like they they just get they they just get the the absolute like worst of me right if they're that like they're gonna get it why because i'm tired i'm tired you know um no it's like it's it, you're uh, like the, the 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 more depth in which you're in relationship with one another the more it tends to expose who you really are right i mean at first we kind of put on this like facade about this is you know this is what we look like and this is how we operate and this is how my hair always looks you know like type of situation but like after a while it's like no nah, this is me I just, 
you know? And what, why, why is that, right? There, there's something about that, that closeness that, that allows us uh, to know, like, man, I, the, the closeness and intimacy, right, um, gives you a sense of, of safety with others to where the ones who, who you're closest to, who you love the most, tends to be the one that you hurt the most. It's because you feel at most in this is who you are. This is who I am. Like I know I can live in my kind of rawest form and you still love me and care about me and you're, you're still with me. And so community, uh, it, it does that. It's why this is, honestly, it's why this is so like a house church, small group. It's why it's so hard. Because after a while, it's like, man, Dude, that guy's personality, like I just, you know, it begins to, you know what I mean? Anyone ever worked summer camp before? And like you work summer camp in the beginning of summer camp, it's like great. You know, everyone's like getting along or you're on a mission trip. You know what I'm talking about? You're like on some kind of uh, student trip, something that you've done together and the beginning of it, like everyone is, is like, seems to be really awesome and there's all these like strong relational ties. And then, you know, like towards the end of the, the thing, like the group leader has to sit everyone down and tell everybody to like stop going at one another. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, hey, that was inappropriate. What you just said was inappropriate. Like this is just, this is, just what, this is what happens. Community, uh, it exposes us. And so we've, we've got to be willing to say, like I, I just know, I know going into this that, that people are going to just see me for, for who I'm. My day, I'm going to walk into that thing and my day is just going to have been awful. And I'm going to be in a terrible mood. And, and this, is, this is who I am. In this moment, this is who I am. And, and so it does this, this work of it, exposing us. Listen, to be partially known by a lot of people is not to be known at all. Like, to partially reveal yourself to certain people. So you're revealing this part of yourself to this person and this part of yourself to this person and this part of yourself to this person, to partially reveal yourself is to not ever really truly be known. And, and so we got to be willing to say, man, I, I want to be fully known. I want to be fully understood. As scary as that is, I, I, I want to do that. And so community um, pushes us uh, into that. Um, l- listen to this quote. Um, uh, I, I love this. Uh, he, he says this. He says, God uses people to form people. God uses people to form people. Uh, that is uh, why what happens between you and another person is, nearly, is, is never merely human-to-human interaction. The Spirit longs to be powerfully at work in every encounter. This is what God does. He uses, um, he, he forms us using other people. Okay, so, so it hurts us. There's potential for hurt. It exposes us. And, and then the third thing, uh, the third reason why this is so hard is living in community with others is so inefficient. Is it not crazy inefficient? Like, it, it ruins your schedule. I mean, destroys. Like, if you, if you have strong relationships with others and you're in community with others, right? We're calling you to a, like, we're calling you to a house church. I know what that means. I know that means getting in a train, an Uber, trying to find a parking spot, right? You worked all day, you know, you're angry, you're hungry, your favorite show's coming on. Like, I, you, you know, like I get, I understand all of that. You just want to be in your jammies. Like I, I totally, like I, 
absolutely positively understand that. Like I get it is the most, to pursue community with other people is the most inefficient thing ever, right? And we live in the most like efficient, obsessed community, world, city ever, right? I mean, it's like groceries at my doorstep, you know? I mean, we just, like this is like, I need in my own personal life, I just need efficiency and I will, whatever's, whatever's inefficient, I will cut it out, right? I will, I will grab a knife and cut it out violently. If it is inefficient, I will do that. And, and, but when you look at, when you look at community, is the most inefficient thing ever. Just is. They'll, they'll text you, you know? But she gets texted a lot. They'll text you. They'll call you, you know? They'll ask you to hang out. I mean, this, this is, and you're like, I'm tired, you know? I'm, I've already taken my pants off, you know? It's like, I'm gonna have to put those back on now. You know, it's like, I've, I've already, like, it is just unbelievably inefficient. It, I mean, that, that's just the, the reality. Um, I heard this story about, um, uh, so in, in monasteries, um, uh, monasteries where people go off by themselves and, uh, and they live in a community, but, but it's a very isolated type of living. Uh, and so in monasteries, um, uh, which monastery honestly sounds pretty awesome. Um, but they, so they have something called church bells in, in a monastery. Um, and, um, there's a book called domestic monastery, um, incredible book uh, that was written. And so he talks about this thing called church bells. And basically what he says is that monks throughout their day, um, they'll, they'll be doing whatever their task is they've been called to do to that day. And, and randomly, uh, church bells will ring uh, throughout the day. And when they hear the church bell ring, uh, they're immediately called to pray. So no matter what they're doing, so they could be in the garden, cooking, you know, brewing, whatever they do, uh, just what, whatever it is they're doing, uh, journaling, writing, uh, whatever it is, they, they have, to, to have to stop it when they hear the church bells um, and, and they have, to, uh, they have to, to pray in that moment. And the thing about the church bells in the monastery is that they don't know when they're going to happen. So they, they could have like kind of their whole, I, I would imagine in a monastery, there's a system in which they've kind of worked out uh, their day and, and their understanding and they've kind of got their, they kind of got their, you know, flow and happening. And what they've, they've done is, is they create these church bells to do what? Do you, do, essentially, do you know what it does? It disturbs their day. They, they, don't, they don't put it on the schedule uh, in, in the book that, that I was looking at. Um, basically, it, it, it teaches them, because they have to stop and pray, and basically it teaches them that time doesn't belong to them. That's what the church bells do, that, that it serves um, as this, this thing. And so the author in this book called uh, Domestic Monastery uh, basically says this. He says that when you live, when you live in close community with others, this serves as a church bell. That's what it does. That it's like you can't, you, you can't really schedule it, you know, that it interrupts you, that it, that like, that God uses closeness with others and community with others to, to kind of, kind of rattle you and, and kind of like help you go, okay, wow, this, this, this life I'm living is, is really not essentially about me. This is, 
you know, that it's not just to be focused on my pursuit and my schedule and my desires. Like, God has called me, if I'm going to live in the way of Jesus, then he's called me to produce something that could hurt me, that can expose me, that is inefficient. God's called me to this. Why? For his glory. To ask me to do these types of um, ask me to do these types of things. And, and so what, I guess what I'm saying is, so what I'm, essentially what I'm calling you to tonight and saying to you is, we, what, what I essentially want for our church is I want us, like, as a community, I want to call us to deeper levels of, of vulnerability and intimacy with one another. I want, I want to ask us to, to kind of move in that direction. Now, this space is... You, you can't fully do that in this space. Like it's, it's, it's hard. You just can't do it in the space, right? Like I get, I get that you're, you know, if, if we were looking at your relational capacity, right? You get, I mean, we're kind of in a, a bigger room here. There's people here. So we're kind of saying hey to one another and we're connecting with one another. And so if you're looking at that, right? So if I was going to step down into a, a house church, we're, we're saying, man, get around five, six, seven, eight other people. Allow that to be your, like, your relational capacity. So take less people and get around them. But in the, in the less people that we're calling you to, we're calling you to more depth of vulnerability and authenticity. So, so take the people away, but calling you to deeper levels. Genuine levels. And, and think about that. If, if all throughout the city, in, in people's homes, in coffee shops, in buildings, wherever that, wherever our kind of various house churches are going on, on the college campus, in the freshman dorms, wherever that is, in those places, there's God's people living the way of Jesus, pursuing deep, rich, robust, authentic relationships with one another. That'll transform a city. And God will get the glory for it. And so maybe tonight, um, don't know where you're at tonight, um, maybe for you tonight, you need to step into that. We, we have, um, whatever level you're at, we, we have house churches for you. And so maybe you need to call into that and you're like, ah, my time is going to, you know, like, yep, absolutely. <laughs> yes, it will wreck your, I know, I get it. You know, it, absolutely it will. Uh, it will it will do all that. So maybe tonight you need to uh, you need to write on your info card. Give me house church information. Want to be in that? Want to get connected in that? I want to be pulled into deeper levels of that. I don't want to, but I feel like I need to. Like I feel like I need to have that conversation. So we need to write that in the card tonight. Drop it in the box on the, on the way out tonight. Uh, maybe you're here tonight and you've you've been hurt. Um, you've been hurt in community. And uh, I don't know. I just was sensing as I was preparing. Uh, in thinking um, about tonight that um, maybe there's someone here who's been hurt and, and needs to forgive someone tonight, um, needs to extend, like you've allowed, um, you've allowed the hurt that you've experienced in community to keep you from deeper levels of intimacy with other people. And I feel like God's telling me to, to tell you uh, you need to forgive them tonight. And so you can do that in a moment. We're going to give you the space to be able to do that in a moment. You can pray. Uh, and be called into that. Or maybe you're here tonight, you don't know Christ. Um, you, you, you don't know what it's like to, to live with a sense of, of genuine uh, vulnerability under the name of Jesus. And so perhaps you need to trust him tonight. We'd love to chat with you.